0: hello hello friend and welcome back to freedom by design my name is chris thanks so much for taking time out of your day to be with me and i hope that this can help you in some small way so first and foremost let's just say i do not edit any of my episodes so you'll hear intro music and you'll hear outro music other than that everything you hear is what it is (laughs) i have um, a couple bullet point notes to to hit just to make sure that I don't forget anything super important or don't ramble on too much, but you're going to hear me stumble over my words. You're going to hear me just fumble and mix up and there'll be awkward pauses. And I just want to show everyone that that's okay, that you can still provide value. You can still, you're worthy of the space that you hold just as you are. There's nothing that you need to change. All right. Next up, I want to say thank you to everybody that took time to listen to the first episode and give me constructive feedback. I did get a pop filter, so hopefully you'll hear a bit smoother sound this time around, but let me know if that still needs tweaking. I'm definitely figuring this out as I go here. And I was just blown away by the response over the first episode. There was just so many of you reached out and said, I cried with you on the episode. That was so therapeutic or your voice was so calming. I laugh at that one because I think everyone hates their own voice. Um, I feel the same way about mine, but I'm just so glad that it was able to help some people in a small way and that's all I'm here for. So if you do ever need any help, you feel like you are not you are not with the community that you need to be with. You're not getting the support that you need. Please reach out to me. Please reach out. I will absolutely hop on a phone call with you. We can help set up some co-working meetings and start building that community around you so that you feel seen, loved and heard, okay? So, if you want to reach out, you can DM me at Fem Collective Studio. That's F E M M E Collective Studio on Insta. Okay, let's dive in here. So, this one, I was just trying to figure out a natural progression for this podcast, right? I didn't know exactly where to start with it. And so I reached out on Insta and I said, Hey, everyone, if you want to submit some podcast ideas or questions to me, maybe I can do a Q&A. That way you can get to know me a little bit better before we dive into like the big deep topics and future episodes, right? So I have a list of of questions here. I haven't ordered them at all. I just took screenshots and I'll be flipping through them. And I figure I will just read them out and answer and see how many we can answer within this hour here. So the first question here is, what empowering quote do you go to when you need a little push? I never thought, I really never thought about this. I never thought that I would. (laughs) Can you hear my dog right now sneezing? bless you. That was Jethro for those wondering. Um, I never thought that I would be a person that was a motivational quote person, but turns out I repeat the same one to myself every morning. And I didn't even think about it until I was asked this question. So it's your dreams are bigger than your fears. And I don't know if this is actually a motivational quote or if someone even said it once, it's just something I repeat to myself every morning. That my dreams are bigger than my fears because as someone that suffers with anxiety from past trauma, it's just a consistent lingering thing in my life that I need to cope with on a daily basis. And so when I am hit with anxiety or overwhelm or stress, whatever you want to label it, whenever that hits me, it hits me like a wall. And sometimes it just stops me in my tracks, sometimes physically and also obviously metaphorically. And so when it comes to something like doing this podcast episode, I just take a deep breath and I think my dreams are bigger than my fears. And I kind of list out what my dreams are for the podcast. So it's to be completely 100% authentic and unfiltered. Um, It's to provide a safe space for you listening, where you can feel seen, love and heard and and hopefully empowered in some small way. So I just kind of repeat those things over to myself. And I think about the value that I'm providing is worth more than this little bit of anxiety that I'm feeling right now about feeling judged or um, yeah, just negative feedback in general, right? We're all hesitant to get that negative feedback, especially when you're vulnerable and you put yourself out there. So that is something that I repeat to myself every single day. Okay, um, how did you get the money to start your business? How much money did it take to get going? All right, so I'm never going to shy away from money. If anyone has any money questions ever, feel free to ask me. I think that it's so empowering. And you hear about just the example that popped into my head was you hear about actors and how as soon as actors on a show all were finally aware of how much they were all making. They realized how big those pay gaps are, and they're able to then renegotiate a contract together so that everyone's paid equally or paid fairly. Um, And so I just, I find talking about the real numbers very, very empowering. So I'm never going to shy away from that. Anyway, feel free to ask me any money questions now and in the future. So how much money did it take to start my business? What happened was, I'll glaze over this, I talked about it in the first episode, I moved from upstate New York to Cincinnati, Ohio to be with my now husband. In doing so, I left my cushy corporate job. I was making pretty good money in that corporate job, especially with that being kind of my my first gig right out of college, I was making good money. And and then right before moving, I was offered a job at another place for almost double what I was making at the place that I ended up leaving. But I ended up turning that down and moved to be with Ben because I I knew in my soul that he was the person I was going to marry and spend the rest of my life with. So what I did was I ended up... I ended up interviewing with well over 30 places, but it was all long distance, right? And it's hard to find a job when it's so long distance. And so I, I now know that you can kind of, I know people that have fibbed on their resume saying this is the address that I live at and it's in a different state and they're using one of their friend's addresses or something. I didn't know that trick. Wish I did. Um, And so nobody would hire me. And it would come down to I'd go through all these rounds of interviews and it would come down to the final round. And then they'd say, We really would love to work with you, but we're not going to deal with relocating someone. And they were always very honest about it. And I'm glad that I knew that that's why. But I ended up moving without a job because it just looked like I would. I would I would need to and that I would be able to find a job so much easier once actually having moved to Cincinnati, right? So once I moved here, um, I ended up starting my business. And if you want to hear more about that, feel free to listen to the first episode. So when I started my business, keep in mind, I didn't have a job. So all I had in the bank was the money that I had scrimped and saved up and I knew that I needed to start off super small. So for those of you that don't know or are just finding me through this podcast, I am a business owner. I run a design studio um, where we do custom illustrations. Everything is done in studio. So we do fully custom illustrations, fully custom brands, fully custom um, and built out websites, all of that good stuff. We also do mentorships. So. If we think about the needs of that kind of business, it's all digital, right? So I knew that I could take it online and be able to get clients from, at the time I didn't know, around the world. We we serve women all the way around the world, and it's just the biggest honor of my life. But at the time, I was thinking, well, hey, at least I know that I can serve people in Ohio, you know, <laughs> thinking small. Um, and then really quickly, I was able to realize I could serve people around the world. So I just needed a the bare bones basics. I didn't have a computer at the time. I knew that in order to obviously design websites, I needed a computer. So I bought a laptop. And I bought the programs that I needed for the laptop. And that was my whole business. That was everything. So I bought, just to be very specific here... Um, I personally bought a MacBook Pro. I feel like I can feel the eye rolls now. I know that that's very expensive. It was not the latest and greatest version. I got a used version, um, but it was still very, very nice. And there are many computers that you can get that are much cheaper. So do your research. The reason I got the MacBook Pro is because I also had an iPhone um, and what I do This is just how I am as a person. I'll basically use it until it dies. So, I only recently, Ben and I, only two months ago, ended up trading in our phones. And the lady, we walked in and the lady goes, Wait, 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 wait. And called someone else and goes, Man, we haven't seen one of these in a minute. (laughs) It's because it's 2021 and I had an iPhone 6, um, which is no dig to anyone that has that. I just knew, I, I buy the. latest and greatest that I can afford at the time and then I use it till it dies so that's what I wanted to do with my laptop um so it was a couple thousand dollars which is crazy it's they're so expensive let's round up and say three between three and four thousand because I ended up adding extra space on it it's got a really good graphics situation, so it was quite expensive, and I just want to be very real about that and the money that I actually spent, um, but you do not need to buy a three to $4,000 computer in order to start a business at all, so please don't think that. I just want to be honest with what I spent. Um, and then the only other expense that I made for the first like almost two years of business was... Um, was my the programs that I use. So I just use the Adobe Creative Cloud because I need Illustrator, Lightroom, Photoshop, um, InDesign. Do I use any others? Um, DC, all the, all the Adobe programs. I use many, many of them. Um, but at the time, I only really needed to use Illustrator, and maybe photoshop so you can get by with much less is what i'm saying so that is it so i would say all in after i purchased an llc um license and all of that to make it legal i did that right off the bat because i knew that this was going to be my full-time gig and i wanted to make sure i was doing it very legally appropriately i um i just i paid legal zoom not a shout out, not sponsored. I'm just letting you know what I bought. Um, so I went through LegalZoom and got their package for an LLC. So, all in, all in, I spent a little bit less than five grand. And that was for you guys, that was for the latest and greatest programs, that was for the latest and greatest laptop. Um, And I didn't need any more than that. And I knew that that would be my entire business, right? So that's why I was willing to spend that much. Um, But again, I want to stress that you can start with much less. Something else I want to stress is, how do I phrase this? You can have a six-figure business and only still have a laptop. That's just something I I heard this in conversation the other day. um, And I wanted to kind of address it. I still, every design that I ever do is done on my little laptop. I don't have a desktop. I don't have monitors. I feel like I can hear the designers around me gasping. (laughs) Yes, it's difficult, but I'm so used to it that it's okay. And up until this point, now that I'm almost three years in business, um, up until this point, it just hasn't been a priority to spend more money to get monitors or something because I've decided to invest more money into my team and that sort of thing. So it's totally up to you what you get to start your business. Um, but I just want to let you know that you can start with the bare minimum and get by and start making income, right? I didn't have any other programs. I didn't spend any other money on, um, like Now we have a Dubsado subscription for our client management system, all of that good stuff, um, and our monthly expenses for various platforms that we pay for. I did not have any of that. I just ran everything through my free Gmail account. Um, I didn't have a website, I didn't so I didn't pay for the Show It subscription that we use now. Um, we use Show It for our website and building all of our websites for our clients, and yeah, so that was that was what it took for me to get started. It was a little bit under five grand, um, and again, that was with some of the latest and greatest tech as far as laptop. And of course, we all know the Adobe Creative Cloud. If you're a creative, we know how annoyingly expensive that is. Okay, so next up, let me read through this list of questions here. So next up, what does your daily routine look like? Ooh. You'd be surprised. (laughs) Um, I am not someone that has a routine. I'm not someone that thrives from routines. I definitely think it's something that I've always strived for. I've always wanted to be a morning person. I'm not. (laughs) Um, but I, I just being very honest, I still don't have a routine. Uh, But I loved that. I hated the routine of going to my corporate job and doing the same thing day in and day out. I ate my lunch at the same place. I ate my lunch at the same desk. Like, and and then if I went to the cafeteria, it was at the same seat. It was just everything was the same every day. And that was something that was suffocating to me. So some people, I've got girlfriends that wake up at 4.30 in the morning, not joking, 4.30 in the morning, they go on a run, they go, they take a shower, they meditate, they do all these things. And I think that that's incredible. I'm not there yet. And I'm 29 years old, I just turned 29. (laughs) So if you don't have a routine, that is not the thing that's going to change you as a person. It's it's truly not necessary to be successful. But I do think and it is something that I'm striving for, I do think it can help. Right. So what I'm doing right now is let me give a uh, i just want to give like a very clear transparent view of what my routine was like when i first started my routine was i would wake up in the morning when ben went to work around like six ish i would work all day then we would cook dinner when he got home we would eat dinner clean up dinner sit in front of the tv and then i would continue to work on my laptop and i was working about 80 hours i have it logged um somewhere and it's just crazy but I was working at least at least 70 hours a week most weeks I topped out at around 85 so that's like that's of course working through weekends and then once Ben would go to bed I would work all night too I am not saying this to empower anybody to work that way that is just what I did to get my business off of the ground because I had that fire of I have no other source of income I moved here without a job. I need to get this up and running right off the bat. And of course, when we first start out, we're investing so much time in the pointless crap that doesn't make you any money whatsoever. Can we just talk about that? Like posting every day on Instagram is not necessary to make money. (laughs) That is not something that you need to be spending a lot of time on. Um, Of course, I'm, I'm of course aware that you need to show up consistently. I get that. But there are so many. All of my mentors that I pay for mentorship from now, they don't post on Instagram hardly ever. Like, it, it, they, they just built up enough of a feed to look professional and, and to build no-like trust with their audience. And they've got a killer website. And they just don't stress out about posting every single day. Um, and so you'll see even on the Femme Collective Studio Instagram. We don't typically post every day. We still show up consistently. We're still providing value, but there's just, there's so many little things like having a perfectly curated feed or, um, or just perfectly designed PDFs to give to your clients. Those are all the cherries on top you guys okay so there are things that you can strive for there are so many things that um that are nice to have and so I would just recommend focusing on what is nice to have and what is going to make you income right away what is directly making you income okay so let's just be aware of that but anyway my routine was working around the clock for the longest time um Because I was spending so much time not prioritizing my time. So if there's anything I would recommend, I would say even over a routine would be more of just prioritizing your time, prioritizing the things that are making you money, opposed to just the pretty things. And of course, I'm the most guilty of this because I'm a designer. So I want everything to look absolutely beautiful. (laughs) Um, I'll be the first to admit that. But it's just... Focus on what's most important. Focus on what's actually making sales. Focus on creating that engagement with people, having those real conversations, building that know, like, and trust, and then you can move forward with the nice to haves when you've got enough time to do so, or when you have a staff that you can outsource something to, right? Um, so, what my my day looks like now, just kind of a day in the life here, is I am trying to get a morning routine down because. I personally feel better when I have had time to myself to breathe in the morning. I like a very slow morning. So I found if I'm waking up at 8 or 9, I can't really have a slow morning because my workday begins at 8 or 9, right? So Ben actually wakes up at 5.30 and I did that for two weeks in a row and I started feeling really good and then I ended up just real talk, I ended up having um, to cover for some team members and that just kind of doubled my workload. And so the last two weeks or so, I've been kind of working extra hours to cover everything and that happens. That's totally normal. Nothing I feel guilty about by any stretch. Um, but now I'm trying to get back into that that morning routine and I really do like it. I I really do like it. It helps me kind of stay grounded so I'm going to keep keep going that route so my ideal morning if we want to let's fantasize about our ideal mornings real quick so my ideal morning is getting up around six Five thirty makes me yeah I don't know it just makes me want to cry <laughs> if I say five it makes me want to cry <laughs> so we'll say six we'll say a casual six If I wake up at 6, then I can get up, have some coffee with Ben, we watch, um, he likes to watch the news. I don't like to watch the news in the morning because I'm very, I'm an empath, I take on everyone else's emotions, so I don't like any negativity. And we all know you as soon as you turn the news on, it's just negative, 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 negative. There's never anything positive on there. So I prefer to spend my morning doing some stretching and some listening to a good podcast. So um, if anyone has recommendations, let me know. And then I make breakfast. I would love to start working out in the morning. But that also makes me want to curl in a ball and go back to sleep. The thought of that so we'll see. I prefer working out like midday. Um, actually got a treadmill recently. I'm very excited about it. So it's a treadmill where you can set your laptop on top and it will just get me kind of moving my legs during the day. And then of course I can take the laptop off and run on it. Um, which I plan to do too, but I just loved the idea of being able to kind of get up and walk, especially with COVID right now. So many cafes, um, Are either shut down or have strange hours, or very understandably, I don't have any problem with this at all, but they require the masks, right? And I wear glasses. So my mask fogs up, and I found going to a cafe and sitting there for the whole day with foggy glasses and a mask on and just getting really hot just was not something that sounded fun to me. And I also found in our area that a lot of coffee shops don't really want you to like come in and stay there. So they've taken away their seating. They just want you to come in, get your coffee and leave. Um, Of course, I understand that given everything that's going on. So anyway, my point being that I'm sitting so much more than I used to and Definitely packing on the pounds. Um, thankfully, I've, I've been stable with my weight. I've talked about my weight before, but um, it's very hard. And so I'm excited about that treadmill. I'll let you know how it goes. And I'll let you know how my morning routine goes. But our nighttime routine is pretty standard. Ben comes home around 536-ish. That's when we start dinner together. We cook dinner. We eat dinner. Talk about each other's days clean up dinner, and then um, now that it's more light out, which I'm so excited about, um, then we end up either going for a walk or just some days are just vegging days. You end up cuddling on the couch, and that's okay too. So that's what a typical routine looks like um, as far as my working routine. So I start, I've, I've scheduled, none of my calls can be before, 8am because again, I love those slow mornings. I love those relaxed mornings. They really help um, with my anxiety. They really help with my my stress. And so I find if I have a really calm morning, I feel much better going into the day because we all know if you're an entrepreneur that there are fires to put out all day long and sometimes it can be really stressful. So if I start off calm, then I'm good to go. I did that today. And then I typically look at all emails and DMs first thing, just because DMs are, I tell people all the time, DM me if you're struggling, DM me if you need support. So that's like very important to me to prioritize everyone's mental health and reaching out to them. It's also the way that clients get in touch with us um, through DM or through email. And so... I answer all of the emails, and then I'm also a contractor on a team, Um, and so I'll check the Slack channels for both my team and that team, get caught up with everything, and then start working on my projects. So I love that my day is completely different every single day as far as my work goes. There's not a single day that's the same as it was before, Um, and I thrive off of that. I I really don't like the routine. But I'll let you know how my morning routine starts going. Okay. Um, Let me look at the next question here. How did you get your first client? And how do you continue to get your dream clients? Have you always gotten your dream clients? Or or did you have to deal with some sketchy people first? Yes to all the things. Um, So to get my first client, I did not have a website for the first year and a half to two years, I would say year and a half is a more fair assessment. I didn't have a website for the first year and a half of my business. People will think that that's crazy seeing as I'm a web designer, but you know how it is. You get in there, your clients are your priority. You're not prioritizing yourself. You're not prioritizing your business. um, And those are boundaries that I really needed to set, but I I didn't set them right away. So I didn't have that website and I still reached five-figure months um, quite quickly with just my Instagram account. Now, I was posting not every day. I still don't post every day. Um, But I was posting frequently. And what I was doing was creating fake mock-up projects, right? I never said, not once, did I ever say that it was a real client project. I never tried to pass it as real when it wasn't. I call them personal projects or passion projects. You can call them whatever you want. Feel free to use those names. Um, and so what I was doing was I was figuring out who my audience was. And you, this applies to you whether or not you are just starting out or whether or not you've been in business for years and you're still struggling to get your dream clients. I can say now that we only work with our dream clients Um, ideal clients is a very overused term and I don't mean to just use it, (laughs) use it even more, but we really do. We get to wake up and work with our dream clients every single day. They, they are our dream clients because they trust us completely to bring their vision to life beyond just what they see. We see beyond that and do the market research. We do, the the brand strategy with them so that we're building a design a brand and a website for them and then a marketing strategy as well for how they can build their business in a strategic way and how they can build no like and trust with their audience right in a way that actually converts for them so i was figuring out how to get those people because at the time i was not attracting my dream clients so i would first say define your dream client and then figure out what you need to be presenting to them in order to attract them so i figured out that we are working with wedding industry professionals typically we we do far more than that but that's typically who we're working with and that what i mean is we work with vendors very often so um wedding venues Um, We've worked with a couple caterers. We work with florists. And then our main um, core audience is our photographers and videographers. So that's who our audience is. So let me walk through my thought process on what I did to attract them. So I said, okay, I'm trying to attract a photographer. What is a photographer needing? What is a photographer needing from me? they want it to be beautiful, they want it to, they want the design to support their work and be cohesive with their pictures, um, and they want everything to be put together in an organized way, but they are creatives themselves, so design is so important, right, just like I said, I was prioritizing, you know, the design of my feed and, and spending so much time on that, um, before I had certain boundaries, photographers, videographers, and creatives in general are the same way. They care very much about how things look, of course. And so I knew that that was something I could help them with. So what I started doing was if you scroll all the way back to the beginning of our Instagram, it's rough, guys, just letting you know. (laughs) Um, But it was just me doing these custom illustrations that I would do. I didn't have the money for an iPad yet. I didn't have the money for Procreate um, or like I mean, Procreate is technically free, I believe still, but um, for buying certain pen types and stuff on there. And um, and so I would illustrate on a piece of paper and then I would scan it in with the shitty scanner that Ben and I had and then I would um, image trace it in Illustrator and that was how I originally did our custom illustration logos. So that's what I was posting. And then I started realizing that I was starting to attract photographers. So I would make sure that if you're a designer, that you are consistently working on passion projects behind the scenes. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. It can just be a logo. It can just be a mock-up of part of a website page. You don't even need to do the mock-up in an actual web platform, right? Um, And so that is what I still do to this day whenever we are trying to target a specific audience. So I'll give you a really good example. I wanted so badly to work with a skincare brand, um, and there was one in particular. So if you're paying attention to who is viewing your stories and who is engaging with you, you can get a really good sense of who you can attract, and who who you are attracting and who may be warmed up to work with you. So I saw this skincare brand was consistently following my stories. And so I ended up doing that night. I spent maybe 45 minutes. I used a sketch that I had just had in my journal. I scanned it in. It was of a butterfly. um, And I designed a little very simple mock-up. Um, It was a free mock-up I found online and I popped the little logos I created in there. It took me no longer than an hour and a half when all was said and done. And I ended up booking that client. That client booked for over $7,000, you guys. So it took me an hour and a half and we ended up making over $7,000. Does that make sense? So that is what I mean by strategically creating something to attract your people and actually spending your time strategically to make money all right so that is how i attracted people in the past and that is still how i attract people to this day um because as a and you this applies to anyone photographer videographer let's say you're a photographer um, I just worked with a client that was dreaming. She loves that modern industrial look, but where she lives is all prairies, right? So I said, take a trip to the city, do do a free session with someone, and get a bunch of industrial-looking pictures. Set up a styled shoot and get a bunch of industrial-looking pictures. And um, she's starting to work on that now. And since she's been posting those pictures guess who's reaching out to her, right? So there are things that we can do very thoughtfully, very strategically to start ensuring that we're getting people that we want. And we still do that to this day. We do passion projects all the time. And what's cool is once you get really good at them, those passion projects, so right now, for example, I did desert illustrations. They went a little bit viral. I got a lot of um, content and a lot of DMs about them. So it worked all the way around. Um, But then I thought, well, hey, we're building a template shop. Let's add illustrations. So now I can use all of those passion projects that I did because they don't belong to anyone else but me and turn them into illustration packs and sell them. So you can see how we're kind of strategically and thoughtfully recycling our content, right? All right. Tangent over onto the next question um, how did you decide on your name? This is a good one. So originally the name was Black Sheep Creative, BLK Sheep Creative. Some of you may remember that. And that was just because I was starting my business. I was not getting a lot of support from several people. Um, Ben was not one of them. He's the most supportive person I've ever met in my life and my rock, but I was just always feeling like this is going to sound dramatic, like the outcast, just like I didn't fit in. And I was called the black sheep several times. Um, Just never quite fitting in. I was definitely the girl that kind of hopped from table to table in the lunchroom. I talked to whoever was kind. I wasn't focused on who was in what clique. Um, And so I've just never felt like I've almost always felt like a fish swimming upstream, <laughs> not in the cool way that people sometimes look up to, but just in the way of like, I'm flopping around, not having any idea um, what direction I'm going in or, or everyone's going this way and I'm going this way and whatever. So Black Sheep was the first name, Black Sheep Creative, and then I rebranded in 2020 with covid because it gave me enough time to really sit down with myself and think how am i going to grow this business what direction do i want to go in because in 2020 i didn't have a team yet my team is very recent and i'll i'll dive into that in another episode but um so i was thinking what do i want to build what's my vision for this and it's the same as it's always been it's creating this community to empower women around the world to build the businesses of their dreams and therefore create the life that they've always wanted, right? So femme, meaning women or woman, depending on the context. Collective, meaning a group or a community. And studio, because um, of two reasons. The first reason I thought of it was because I wanted them to understand that it was a studio space. Studio kind of implies that it's a design studio or at least a creative studio, that it's a services, that we offer services. Um, And secondly, because it was available. (laughs) It was available on Instagram. It was available on Pinterest. It was available um, as a URL. So make sure you're checking all your places. Um, There are a couple websites that if you just Google it, they'll actually show you. If you type in the name, like Femme Collective Studio, They showed me that it was available on all of those platforms um, and that's a really easy way to pick a name as well. So I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure onto the name, but think about some of the names of really famous companies and how crazy ridiculous they must have sounded when they first started. Do you know what I mean? So your name, just pick something personal so it grows well with you. Pick something that means something. You can always rebrand. It's not a big deal. Don't, don't stress about it. Okay. Um, next up. What do you wish you knew before you started your business? This is a great one. I wish I knew how to better set boundaries for myself, for my mental health, for my clients, for Ben, for my loved ones and everyone around. Like there are so many different tiers of boundaries And I sincerely wish that I was able to prioritize setting up those boundaries beforehand. I really, really wish I was better at that. Um, But you live and you learn, and that's okay. But boundaries like... Now, I fully believe that you do absolutely need to hustle and grind to get your business off the ground. That's just necessary, And there's a lot of talk right now about canceling um, hustle culture and grinding and that that's not healthy for your mental health and all of that. I'm the first person to tell you I fully agree that you need to set boundaries, but I'm also absolutely advocating that the reality of starting a business means hard work. And the reality is when I work long hours, I love it. I love what I do so much. It's fun to me. So if I have to work late to get a new template out, which I'm working on right now, it's like I feel like I'm just doodling in a sketchbook. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's how I unwind as well. So it's, to me, my capacity to work longer hours may not be yours right you may look at what i'm doing and say that's way too much she's being unhealthy but try not to make those assumptions about people try to just do what's best for you um so i wish that i had set boundaries on my client work on you know not responding back to clients at 10 at night because they've got lives of their own they're they're not going to read that at 10 at night wait to respond back to them till the morning, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I do I do wish that boundaries were a priority, um, that I had blocked out time to do things like this podcast. I would have started this years ago um, and, and my physical health as well, getting up every hour and walking around and just getting my blood moving because now this is a very much a desk job at this time. Um, so yeah. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries is my number one thing that I wish very dearly that I had had at first. Um, let's see. Let's see. How many dogs do you have and what are their names? This is probably because I post them all the time. They're actually under my desk right now, peacefully sleeping. Um, so we have Jethro who I call poops. It's a long story. I went away once. I came back after I adopted him. My brother started calling him poops and it's stuck ever since. (laughs) So um, Jethro is about eight years old. He's a rescue from abuse. um, And he is like the light of my life. He saved my life. Maybe I'll talk about this in another time. Um, But we were in a very severe dog attack. And it was incredibly traumatic. This was a couple years ago. Uh, Very, very rough for me to cope with. I still deal with um, some PTSD from it, actually. But anyway, he is a dachshund corgi mix. So you can picture how small he was. And he fought that dog off. Oh, I don't want to cry. Not that I think crying is bad, but I just, I I don't even want to think about it right now, but I'll talk about it in a different episode. Um, But anyway, little dude saved my life. He's the best thing on the planet. I love him so much. Um, and then Raina is our newest one. She is also a rescue from abuse and, um, she is a, well, (laughs) my parents gave us the DNA test for dogs, which we never would have purchased on our own, but we ended up doing that and, um, and they they gave that to us for Christmas. We did the test and it came back and it said that she was part Mastiff. So we got her when she was really little. She wasn't fully a year yet. And you guys, I had a heart attack. <laughs> I called Ben. I was like, oh my God, what is happening? So it said that she was Mastiff and pity and all of these things. I love big dogs. Love them. Love Pities. Love... I have always wanted a pity actually that'll probably be our next edition um but anyway so we were in a small apartment at the time and it tells you the the weight range that they think that she could be and the max was 160 pounds 160 pounds <laughs> I was I was like so we're gonna need a separate queen bed. apparently we're gonna need an additional couch and a lot of extra space we didn't have a yard so i was freaking out but anyway so she ended up being more minpin than anything if you look up minpin that's pretty close to what she looks like she looks like a mix between the minpin's body and the coloring of a mastiff she's a little weirdo we love her she's got stilts for legs but she's she's adorable they're both sleeping very peacefully okay uh next up um what are your goals for the year oh this is a good one I love goals um so my goals for the year were to start a podcast ta-da check um uh, so I guess I would change that to being consistent so for now I'm going to be posting a pod every single Wednesday just because I feel like Wednesday's it's hump day I was always so drained on Wednesday's at my corporate job just trying to get through the week and so I feel like that may be a good day but if you have a better day or if I start seeing stats that are say- that are saying you guys are listening at a different time then I'll start releasing it on the time that you guys are, are listening um, that way you can kind of count on it but I just want to be consistent with that and then my next goal is we are opening up a template shop this has been years in the making, years and years in the making um, and we are opening up a template shop where we will be providing show it web templates, custom illustrations um, and we're gearing it to two different audiences which is really exciting. So it'll be a fully custom experience and you'll be able to kind of mix and match things almost like I've always been a make your own Sunday kind of girl so that's what I wanted to provide for you guys. So one of them, we we have two audiences now. It's the designers that follow us and we mentor, and then it's the wedding industry pros. So that's the same thing that we're going to do just to be consistent throughout. So we'll have templates for photographers, and then we'll have templates that are geared towards creatives. So if you're in the graphic design business, um, and don't get me wrong, graphic design is definitely different than branding. Graphic design is designing... You know a pdf of something or something like that and branding is creating a whole strategy and brand around a business but regardless if you have a creative studio of some kind um we will be doing templates for designers we'll be doing templates for um photographers videographers all that good stuff very excited we'll also have pdf templates as well so you can kind of just pick and choose what you want and build your own little bundle and then everything in your your business can be cohesive across the board um, which is just such a sigh of relief and i know what that feeling is so that's what we're working on those are my two big big goals for the year um we're also saving for team retreat super excited about it um i'm not gonna say where we're going on team retreat yet we're going to push it off to 2022 because of covid I've got a global team, um, and so doing the whole traveling to different countries thing right now is just tough. So that's that's what we've got up our sleeve, and I cannot wait to share where we're going because it's outside of the U.S., and my goal is every single team retreat that we do once a year is going to be in a different country. That's my goal because I'm, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am very travel-minded. Traveling is why ben and i have put off a family um and of course then COVID hit but we are hoping that travel will open up and you will hear much more about it in the future all right what else what else um do you have anxiety on client calls and how do you cope this is a great question thank you for being open about asking um and so Yes, absolutely. I had very severe anxiety on client calls in the beginning when I I was first starting out. Let me tell you, it absolutely does get easier, I promise. Um, And now hopping onto a client call, I just remind myself, I'm the expert here. They're also just as nervous as you are, you guys. Services are not cheap, regardless of what you're charging. You know, someone is about to invest sometimes several thousand dollars, upwards of ten, fifteen thousand. people are investing a lot of money in you, even if it's $500. How often do you just drop $500, right? You think about that purchase. So they are nervous and they're showing up to that call not knowing who you are, really, Um, not knowing much about your process. I mean, reality is, we have our pricing on our website. We have our services are on our website and nine times out of 10 people haven't taken the time because they just want to sit down with you and hear what you have to say. So just keep in mind that they're, they're nervous as well. Let me give you some pro tips and I can dive into this on a deeper episode if you'd like. So what I did when I first started out was I wrote down a list of questions in order that I thought would be really good to like a really good progression through the conversation. And um help set some boundaries right off the bat and just kind of walk them through the process in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming, right? So I wrote down that checklist of questions and I was still so nervous to show up on the call, right? What if I fumble over my words? What if they see me looking down at the paper? What if it doesn't seem professional? So then I took a step back and I realized they are nervous too. It's awkward, right? It's awkward to you're hopping on a call with someone you haven't met. It's almost like a blind date, right? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm mic now. Huh, we're not editing it out. It's it's going to be in there. Um and so anyway, <laughs> that threw me completely off. Um so what I did was I ended up emailing them that list beforehand. And so I would email them that that kind of questionnaire i would kind of format it i I formatted it kind of pretty in a little pdf and then i just sent it to them before every call and it was so that they could prep what questions i was going to ask them because i ask a lot more questions than they ask me and then they could feel more comfortable hopping on the call so then they could even be reading down the list if they're too afraid to make eye contact And just very comfortably walk through that whole conversation, right? And I found not one person ever questioned me on it. Not one person said it was unprofessional. Every single time I heard anything about it was just thank you so much. Because you don't think about the last interview you went on. You show up, you have no idea what they're going to ask you. You're terrified. They feel similarly, right? So, Just give them a list of questions and you can walk them through step by step. That way you're making notes. You can be like, oh, just if you see me looking down, I'm just making notes. And it just sets this level of expectation. You know what I mean? Where you no longer have to think about remembering to ask all the important things. You're not going to hop off the call and think, oh, crap, I totally forgot to ask this. You're kind of going through a checklist and they feel better approaching the conversation as well. So that would be my number one thing to do on sales calls. And then the other thing that I would do is we send out in that email um, after they have booked their call, we send out an email to this day that says, um, thank you so much for reaching out. We're so excited to talk to you. Let me give you a rundown of what to expect on the call. So first and foremost, here at Femme Collective Studio, we do not believe in intimidating business meetings. Um, we, you know, so it's something along that, I can't remember it, I'm just phrasing it from my head here, but something along the lines of like, we take your business seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. So feel free to show up in PJs, a top knot, bring your favorite snack, that kind of thing. So it comes across as very, professional but still really laid back So I get client calls all the time where a mama is nursing her baby um, a just like it it brings tears to my eyes that we have created a uh, an environment for them where they feel comfortable and empowered in that way to show up no makeup to show up as themselves right as they are. Um, and so that is how I run my business and how I want it to be. You may be different, but that is what I did and um, the steps I took to start getting less, ins- less anxiety, less stress leading up to um, sales calls. Okay, uh, next. Uh, what is your biggest advice that you would give to someone that's been in the business a few years? Let's see. This, I think, goes across the board, whether you are starting out or whether you are someone that has way more experience than I do. It's try so hard to set the boundaries you need to set to escape this constant cycle of comparison, this toxic cycle of hopping on and, okay, well, I'm wanting to redo my Instagram and I want it to be like so-and-so's. Or I... You know, you'll get clients asking the same thing like, okay, well, this is my direct competitor. I just wish that I could be like them. It's so toxic, you guys, because we're spending, and I am probably the most guilty of this. I would spend hours scrolling through Pinterest and scrolling through Instagram thinking, how does this girl do all she's doing? How in the world is she booking that many clients? You know, how, how in the world is this studio launching another course? Where are they finding the time? You know, are they working 24-7? Just what is happening? And I would scroll through and I would just be so <sighs> disheartened and honestly just feel like crap about it for hours and just thinking it just puts it puts me in the mindset of what are they doing? When I need to be focusing on what can I do to provide value for all of you? How can I better serve you? That does not, you know, we mentor businesses all the time that have 20,000 followers on Instagram, right? That have several million monthly views on Pinterest, that have all of those vanity metrics that people focus on. And it's just the numbers mean Nothing. The numbers mean nothing. You can have a fully successful six plus figure business. We have, what do we have? I don't even know. Hold on. Let me look. It's like just over 3,000 followers on Instagram. They mean absolutely nothing, you guys. It's just, I can't stress that enough. It's very frustrating to have these conversations sometimes, but truly don't focus on the vanity metrics. Don't focus on anyone else and set those boundaries for yourself. So here's what I do because I have no self-control. I block. um, I block is the wrong word, but I basically set up on my phone um, to not be on Instagram. Like it won't even let me in there for a certain section of my day so that I'm not going on there falling into a comparison trap. I also unfollowed many people and I sent DMs saying like, hey girl, love you so much. We're good friends. Like, please know I support you in every way possible, but I need to unfollow you right now because you're doing the most and I'm so happy for you, but I'm also equally falling into this comparison trap and everybody gets it, right? No, I've never had anyone say like, oh, you're being a jerk for doing that I've just heard someone say oh I wish that I had that kind of self-control and it's me saying I don't I don't have that self-control which is why I need to put boundaries in place to make that happen so that is the one piece of advice that I can give is try so hard to focus on how you can better yourself your business your mental health your just general well-being and not focus on everybody else because no matter what, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. You don't know who they paid to do this, that, or the other thing. The person that's looking like they're doing all the things and they're only showing their face probably has a whole team behind them, right? I have a team behind me now. I didn't have that before, but you're only really seeing my face on our Instagram, and this will change as soon as we have the team retreat. But unfortunately, because I have a global team, we haven't been able to do brand shoots together so we're going to have like the brand sheet of a lifetime when we can finally get all together in one room. Um, so yeah, so that's what happened. So a lot of people will assume, and I mentioned having a team all the time and we have a, an Instagram story about it, but still a lot of people assume that I'm doing all these things by myself and that's not the case anymore. I've got an incredible um, small little team building up here and and just very, very grateful for that. Okay, we have time for one more question here. I feel like a uh, talk show. We've got time for one more caller. Uh, let's see. How do you work with red flag clients? Ooh, that's that's really funny that I picked that one. <laughs> um, this is actually going to be my next episode is talking about red flags and how to cope with them. So I'll just give you a little a little taste of it here. So the biggest thing that we do is set steps in place to kind of filter out as many red flag. I'll call them. Um, I don't know what to call them. I don't want to say red flag clients because that sounds really harsh, but as many red flags as possible, we try to filter out. So what do those red flags look like for us? It's um, saying things like, can you, uh, I like this logo. Can you do something that looks exactly like it? Or, Hey, I have a really tight budget, but can you have this done in a week? Or um, do you give discounts? Um, Can we do a free trade for exposure? Um, Or I love that this is classic. I know someone that'll do it for half of what you're doing it for. So can you bring your price down? That's happened several times (laughs) recently, actually. Um, And then just anyone that's ghosting us or uh multiple times has rescheduled a call and continues not to prioritize or respect my team's time. Um, that kind of thing. So those are, those are just a few of the red flags that we look for, and we set things in place, and I'll dive deep into this next episode. We set things in place like in our contract, but it goes beyond our contract. It also goes into, all of the calls that we have with the clients, all of the documents that we're sending them, any client, um, so we use Upsato as our client management platform, and any forms that we're sending on them have very clear boundaries on them. This is what we're expecting out of this form. Um, if you do not fill out this form with the appropriate information, so for example, our, our, um, our web content form, Uh, We we need to, to grab the text for all of their website pages. If they don't have their web copy completed in that form by the deadline, we use what they have in there. And then we, of course, train them in their training videos afterward on how to add additional text in. But we don't do text swaps during their edits. So it's things like that, just setting up super specific outlines for them throughout the entire process on um, what our expectations are of them because nine times out of ten when you're dealing with a client that is either not being super respectful or you know not respecting your time or even just being you know not polite in some way it's i hate to say this but it's kind of more on you than you would think And I'll talk through that next episode, but we'll talk through really how we can go through the process and alleviate some of that so that you're protected. But it's all about setting those expectations. So when someone is upset with you, when a client's not happy, it's because their expectations weren't met. So what we can do on our end is try to alleviate any, you know, wish-washiness, I'll call it, of what those expectations are and we say this is what we're delivering and this is what we expect from you and then having those clauses in your contract as well we joke (laughs) we joke all the time we my team but also just fellow creatives joke all the time about you can tell how clients have burned you in the past based off of someone's contract (laughs) all the different clauses in there and everything um so i lovely i love a good contract i love reading through them and we still, to this day, our contract is flexible in in terms of we add stuff to it all the time. You'll find a loophole or, or a boundary that you didn't set and you're like, okay, well, that's on me. That's on me because I didn't put it in here. I didn't have it in the client process. Here's what I can do to change it so that it doesn't happen again. All right. So thank you for sticking with me through this hour. I hope you found some of this interesting. Um, I don't know if I'll do another one of these. It depends on the reaction I get. I figured this would be a cute little way to kind of get to know me a little bit better, get to know, I'm basically feeling out some ideas for future podcast episodes. Um, I think everyone thinks their own life is a little bit boring. So (laughs) for me, I don't know if this episode is gonna be too interesting, but please, please let me know. Um, And then just to sign off, I would like to start doing a little gratitude section at the end here so i just want to state three things that i'm grateful for right now and maybe you could sit in your car or at your desk or wherever you're at right now and just think about three things that you're grateful for because i find that just helps reposition my brain to okay if i'm having a tough day i'm going to focus on these things So first and foremost, I'm grateful that you're willing to take time out of your day to hear what I have to say and be a part of this community. And I'm incredibly grateful for my husband, who is endlessly supporting um, my work, and especially this week when I'm covering for multiple people that my workload has drastically gone up this week, and he has been super supportive about helping cook dinners and cleaning up and just dealing with me not spending as much time with him this week. And then I'm grateful to be able to show up here authentically, hiccups and all, (laughs) um, through the anxiety, through any of the pressure that I feel. And the anxiety is really coming from just feeling nervous about being super open and unfiltered. And we all know that there's trolls out there, but we also all know that, um, there's so many people that, that having these open conversations can benefit, right? So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing and what I'm grateful for. I hope you take a little bit of time today to thank some people in your life that you're grateful for as well. I love you so much and I can't wait to dive into the next episode. So stay tuned And we'll be launching an episode every single Wednesday.